and welcome back to the Lincoln Ear. On today's episode, I'll be talking to Albany about their new single, Need No Longer. So you've just released a single, Need No Longer. Can you tell me about that? No Longer is basically, it was written in lockdown. I wrote it in lockdown last summer. And mm-hmm. obviously we're in the midst of not knowing when things were going to end. Three weeks obviously turned into 18 months and we were in a position where we couldn't rehearse. We couldn't see each other. And it's generally meant to be about the, like, the roller coaster of emotions that everybody goes through during lockdown. Depression in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just basically the, contra- the, the feelings that you had come over you during the summer, during lockdown, basically. And the video that we shot recently depicted that quite well, I think, because... The dancer that we got in from Lincoln Uni, Rebecca Gale, she um, she was the way I've interpreted it. She she kind of acted as like a like the, the devil on your shoulders, like the, the two voices in your mind, like the angel on one side and the devil on the other. And she basically like kind of temptation. She, yeah, kind of yeah. And it, so she was kind of acting the, the like the 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 angel, the angelic side of your mind in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would depict when you're feeling quite positive. And then when your emotions got the better of you during lockdown, she then decided to tip paint all over us and made quite a mess <laughs> during the shoot, during the video, um, which you could say depicted the kind of black stain that, or the black cloud that came over your, your, your emotions during lockdown. Did you expect her to do that or did she just let loose? Yeah, I mean, Dan, Dan went ahead and kind of, he was in, I mean, he'll tell you, I'm speaking for him, but he went he went and yeah. arranged the um, the production of it and the, the guys that shot the video. In fact, I'll let you answer this, Dan, go on, mate. So we used uh, this great company in Lincoln called Warbreaker, uh, and today they kind of caveat, they don't really do music videos, so we kind of approached them and said, you know, if you want to work on this project together, so they kind of put the initial idea to get uh, together and when we heard what they were plotting it just sounded great it, it really what the idea that they had they listened to the song we, we had the little bit like we've just explained there what the song's about to them um and this whole you know being in lockdown in a conflict of emotion things like that and they came back and said right we've listened to the song we want to put this this video together we want to do it in one take so it's a continuous motion it flows with the song and uh, we envisaged you being covered in paint uh, towards the end of it. So yeah, we had a bit of a, a preemptive, didn't we, Matt? You uh, you just brought I a made, brand new I guitar made, as well. I just brought a brand new Fender, and I, I kind of <laughs> said, look, strictly no paint on my hair, no ah. paint on my guitar, um, and I may as well have not said anything because it went everywhere. But it was it was fine because it wasn't it wasn't real paint. It was just like cornflower food coloring. It was just meant to depict paint. Yeah, is it completely off your guitar now? Luckily, there was only a few drops that got on it. And with it not being real paint, it just wiped off. It was it was fine. It was just, you know, you spend a lot of money on something. You don't particularly want to get paint on it. But <laughs> I can't really say anything because uh, Dan's 1800 quid drum kit, he was like, you splashed that paint all over it. Yeah, I want it all I'm over. Not as precious. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's still all over bits of my drum kit now, but it's not a problem. Um, I mean, you, you could sort of see it as like a, a physical memory, but yeah, when it costs that much, probably want it to keep it clean. Well, that's, yeah. the, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of attitude that we we have towards everything we do, like videos, songs, even if this goes nowhere in the future, 
we have this to keep forever. And even though Dan did get paint all over his drum kit, it turned out to be a great visual. And it's yeah. something you can show the kids in 10 years or whatever. So it's worth it for the memories. But then right now, yeah, that, <laughs> I can see the pain. Um, could you tell YouTube, me? You, see, you can see the mess that it made. <laughs> I'll definitely have to check it out for the visuals. Um, I'd like to see this like massive explosion of just like pure like emotions after this sort of like torment of the first lockdown and then the the following ones. Mm. Yeah, I mean this this was written after the first lockdown. Mm-hmm. I mean the third lockdown, as I'm oh sure, obviously it, it was even worse, wasn't it? So no. By doubt. then, I just given up. First one I could get through, second one was bearable, third one was horrific. We were kind of lucky with the first one because it hit us at the start of spring, didn't it? Back mm-hmm. end of winter and spring. So we had the summer to look forward to. So at least we had the hot weather. But the third one, in the midst of winter, it was literally lock yourself in your house and don't come out for yep. three months. Three months. <laughs> um, could you tell me who does what in the band? Like just um, introduce people that are not here. <laughs> Well, the, the two that the other two that don't do anything. We'll start with yeah. them. <laughs> so I'll do two. So we've got uh, Chris. He's not present. He is the bass player. Mm-hmm. Is this is this watershed? Is it pre-watershed? You can do whatever you like. Just maybe we'll, just... Refer, we'll, we'll refer to them as lazy individuals, just yeah. for safety. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, Chris. He's the bass player. He, I like to think of him as the scale man. So if we, if he thinks that we can change the scale of a song, change the key of a song for its for its benefit, he tends to come up with a few ideas in that respect. And then there's myself. I'm the front man. I guess mm-hmm. you could loosely call me a singer, loosely call me a guitarist. Um, I write the songs and do a bit of social media. Do you sort of like yeah. do a managerial role? I wouldn't say manager, kind of leader in like musical direction, but in regards to everything else, we all chip in because, you know, we're a band of four at the end of the day, so we've all got to kind of have a say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we've got Billy Richards. He's, he's not here. Um, just absolute through, genius. Genius. Yeah, he's a, you come to watch us, Charlotte, you'll see him. He's amazing. Oh, I'd love to. We have a... a, a we have a history of rhythm guitarists. So Billy's our third. Um, is he no fourth? Is he fourth now? I think he's seventeenth actually. <laughs> yeah, no, not that bad. But um, yeah, we originally started with a guy called Dan, then we went to Jim, then a Marcus, then then Billy. And by far, you know, each one had their own little kind of spark. But 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 Billy's just pure fire. Is I suppose the way you'd you'd go for it. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, brought a, a new element to the band and a new level of depth. But the lad doesn't read emails or, or check messages, and, and you know, why he's not here. He's missing out. Uh, yeah, and then um, there's myself. I'm the drummer. That's um, I'd probably say in terms of um, everything from there. Me and Matt are kind of the the ones that, that plot the course, get the gigs, set, set the stiff. We're admin, receptionists, and <laughs> everything else for that, don't we? Really? Jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah so you're all multi-talented then like you all bring a lot to the band you all like there are levels and things mm. yeah definitely yeah 
we're all, we're all yeah. good at what we do, put it that yeah. way. So yeah, it all works. What, like, do you think there have been any challenges that you guys have faced working together as a band, um, like in like working as like actually together, and then like external challenges that you face considering like lockdown and everything? Even before lockdown, massively before yeah. before. You, I'll go first, Dan. You were going to be yeah. I'll go first. Can't put Mando, no. <laughs> sorry, mate. Yeah, I'll get, there's a bit of a delay, but sorry. Uh, I think one of the biggest challenges we've been through as a band, and this was even before lockdown, was Dan's already mentioned it, the loss of guitarists. Mm. As dramatic as it sounds, it's quite traumatic losing band members because you don't, you don't know whether the, the band's going to continue. You've got the stress of having to replace that particular member, whether they're going to fit the bill, whether they're going to be good enough to be able to play and do what you need them to be able to do. And like Dan's touched on, between 2017 and 2019, we went through a two-year period where we literally lost three guitarists. Oh, God. In the middle of that, we had to, man we had to manage recording Kingpin, Smoke and Mirrors, Hail My Call, release them as best we could um so even even before lockdown and covid we had we had our own kind of inner battles which put a lot of stress on us we had a lot mm -hmm. of arguments i think it caused uh, a lot of stress especially between me and you two daniel didn't it because yeah. say we're the uh self-claimed hotheads of the band so if <sighs> you know during that traumatic two-year period it rubbed off on us. It was a it was a hard, it was a hard time. So for for us, the biggest challenge, minus COVID, was getting through that two year period. I think the fact that you have got through it just show like it's a testament to how strong the band is and how how much passion sort of cements it together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it's definitely the thing that keeps us together. Um, I mean, when we when we first started this what would be going now probably what well, if we say 2015 probably so six years um you, you know we started with our first guitarist and, and this like any band you've got to be mates as well uh, and at this point we're all mates and then one when one member leaves you you, you kind of it's, a, it's like a breakup in a way that's how it feels but yeah, um, so that that was just purely not through anything like musical differences or anything like that. Um, he was originally from Scotland. He moved here for work and he eventually he decided he, he wanted to go back <laughs> to Scotland. Um, but yeah, when, when we got to that point of losing the next one, um, I think it got to a point where it, the band just felt like a chore. Um, certain mm -hmm. things just weren't working. There was you know, internal kind of conflict and things like that, which were just not necessary, but it was the stress, I suppose, of, of the things that's going on. And the fact that you're, you're constantly, I always, from from my side and, and, and the work side and, and stuff, I see the band as a, as a business in a sense. It's a hobby and it's what we enjoy, but, you know, it's our product, it's our brand, and it's, it's what we, we, we want to push and we believe in it. We believe in the music that we, we, we make and, and so on. And, and that's then what we've built leaving. over the last six years, isn't yeah. it? We've built this. Yeah, so it's disappointing to see, and then you've got the the other things with uh, like music scene around here and certain things like in, from industry perspectives that can be demoralising. And you know, you have those shows where you turn up and you've got 
a packed house and the crowd's just energetic. They're the shows that you live for, but you have to deal yeah. the rough with the smooth and the shows where you turn up and you've, you've got the barman just watching you and, and things like that. So you finish the song and you get a single on. clap. No, yeah. it's like a pissy one. Yeah, yeah, but it, it does. It all just adds, and, and I think at that point, like normally when you you're in a good space, you can you can deal with the rough because there's a lot of the smooth and I think we got to a point where you could only see the rough you could only see the negativity and everything and, and that's where we are we were but you know coming back out of it and I think you know in a way lockdown did us favours of the band it's definitely matured as it's, it's, it's kind of changed our perspective and how we are with each other and you know it's put us in the best place we've ever been yeah I mean I put a lot of that down to sorry there's that delay again sorry I put I put <laughs> Just to add on now, I, I put a lot of this new band dynamic down to Billy, otherwise known as Reverend. Like you, you know, the latest guitarist, as we've touched on, jokes aside, he is a genius at what he does. And he's, add, he's added a big new element to this band. <laughs> and even though the song... Well, I mean, even though we... we I, I mean, I've kind of taken a new direction in the songs. And when they're brought to the table... We've all got different takes. We, we, we all seem to be going in the right direction. We're on the same. We're on the same path now. And I've always said that I think, with Billy's temperament, Billy's opinions, and his Billy, Billy's musical ability, I think he adds a lot to that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it just yeah, this can... this lineup just works. It it's the yeah. best so far. I think. I think the other thing as well is we're, we're all a lot more confident at where, where we are as musicians. Um, I, I mean, when we first started out, you, you'd go to a gig and you'd be going to the toilet about three or four times and having like a nervous weird <laughs> stuff like that. Hang on a minute. Hang on a, hang on a minute. There's no weird. this. That was you. <laughs> <laughs> nervous this toilet before we go on stage. Where, where's Dan? But, oh, he's at the toilet. But, that, but, but that's it. But now it's like, you know, gigs are bread and butter. They're, they're not a problem. And, um, in, in terms of like the music that we deliver and the, the drum fills we put in and the guitar riffs and the bass lines, you know, it's it's just where we are musically. It's just amazing when it we works. review to where we were. Yeah, we just gel. So what would you say is like the most rewarding thing now? You know, is it like the live performances? and like... For, For me, me personally, well, it's where just, we are. Yeah. The, fact that we've, the fact that we've made it out of lockdown. Jokes mm-hmm. aside, we've made it out of lockdown. We've made it through, you know, the black period of twenty between twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen. I think that's an achievement in itself, like we've already touched on. Um, but for me personally, the fact that we've we've got to this point, made it to twenty twenty one. Hopefully, on the good on the on the way out of COVID now, and we can start to rebuild things. But the, yeah. my my personal opinion, where we are now, is our biggest achievement, Daniel. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much what I was going to say. Uh, and, you know, when we get the comments from people that have never seen us before and, and, and things like that, and people are coming up to us after gigs and so on, like when we played Camden Rocks in London, you know, a crowd that we, we very rarely play, and you've got people coming up out of the blue just saying to you, no, that, that was fantastic, you guys are amazing, and stuff like that, and just hearing things like that. It's, yeah, but those are all the little wins, aren't they, that just help. Yeah, that's what you'd like live for. Like, do you have any um upcoming live gigs or performances planned? Or the minute we've, we've so last year we recorded um in August four tracks. So at the minute, mm-hmm. all our focus is going on getting these tracks done. 
so we've released one, which is Need No Longer. We've got three more that are just under wraps. So the plan at the moment is getting those um, ready, get, them, get videos done for each one, and then get ready to launch them all as the rest as individual singles. Um, we've only just started turning our mind towards gigs and getting those plans. So we're in, we've got a few conversations happening at the minute to get us on stages. But yeah, at the moment, the focus is getting the new music out. Yeah. Because then you've got something to perform and like promote that way. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing because up until before everything shut down, our set was. We'd, we'd write new songs and we'd introduce them into the set probably one or two at a time. So the set wasn't as evolving as fast as it should have. So, yeah, now we want to make sure we've got a solid set of just pure new songs that no one's ever heard before. Yeah. Daniel even happened to at rehearsals last night pull out a vast number of set lists from a number of gigs over that two-year period. And it turns out that the set was 85% the same for the, that two-year period between 2017 and 2019. Oh, yeah, that... because we're co- because we're constantly losing the guitarists. Yeah. When we yeah. luckily found the next one, we then had to teach them the songs. We would run with that for however many months it lasted, and then when they decided, I can't hack the pace, or for whatever reason they left, we then had to teach the next one. Do you know what I mean? So there wasn't yeah. really much point in learning new songs because we had to go back to the back catalogue. All the setbacks. To be able to play the gigs in the first place. So, that, yeah, it was yeah. a constant setback, constantly. I mean, at least for you guys that stayed in the band, like, at least you know them through and through now, like, you can play them perfectly. But, yeah, yeah. that must have been frustrating to just constantly be faced with these setbacks and hindrances because, you know, for something, because you're so passionate about it, you, you can see where it can go, but, like, when other people can't, it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two, a couple of weeks ago, we played our first gig in 16 months. We played at um, Whole Beach Beer Festival. And the fee- the feeling, I mean, I can, I'm pretty, much, pretty confident I can speak for all of us here, the feeling to get back on that stage. And, and, it, and the thing is, it's a huge stage, mm-hmm. really big stage. So the, being, that being the first gig back after 16 months, I can speak for all of us. It was fire, unreal. Was <laughs> it like after the gig? That's we it. just had one messy drinking session. To put it yeah. pre-water, to put it pre-water shape, <laughs> we had a good time. So any oh, yeah, definitely. safe stories you can leak from there? Any anything funny, any funny anecdotes? Uh there was a few, there was a couple of admissions, again, not suitable for this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, just, just getting really drunk, wasn't it? And just uh, so how it works is they, they have Dan and Chris ended up standing on the roof of a car and dancing. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah as you we do. Did that one. As you do. Having a little drum and bass. Uh, what type of car was it? An Audi. <laughs> but it was a really old one, so it didn't matter if it got damaged. Oh, it's, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. And it was Chris's, so again, it didn't matter. <laughs> Maybe yeah, you should perform the car. next gig on the car. Can you imagine? Say again. Performing the next gig like on a car. I'm down for that. <laughs> Definitely. I'm not, I'm not sure how the logistics would work at that, but yeah, <laughs> we could try it. We could try it. Um, what is like the songwriting process? What's what would you say are like 
the inspirations behind the lyrics, like backstory? Is there like any specific backstories behind certain singles? Always. Mm-hmm. There's always got to be a, there's, a, there's always a story. I mean, for me, if you if you said, go and ask, if you told, if you asked me to go and write a song about the colour of the sky, it would most likely turn out average. There's yeah. always something going on in life. And it's, that's how I kind of, tr- that's how it, the songs kind of stay true to life. And that's how people relate to them. So I'll kind of get them down on a little eight track recorder. That's the best way I can kind of relate to the rest of the band. I'll then bring it to rehearsals. Everyone listens to it. Everyone throws ideas in the middle. We've all got a massive, vast influence in music. We've all got different tastes. And I think that's another thing that adds to the band. That's how it works. We, I kind of write it in one style. And then when I bring it to the table, rehearsals, if someone has an idea of how to break down the middle or change the tempo or something, it will then take on a new direction, so to speak. At yeah. the end of the day, we've all we've all got to be happy with what we're going to be playing live. So you know, but yeah, there's always a story behind it. It always relates to something true to what's going on in my life, and then it kind of takes on a new lease of life when the other three get hold of it because then they put their take on it. Okay. So then it all kind of relates to to everyone. Yeah. Would you say Would you say that's right, Daniel? Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. I mean, we've yeah. Uh, that, that's the best way for us really because um we all develop it it comes across to us in the, the in the way that matt's kind of laid it down and there's just a song to go but we all have our little influences from our background that change it and adapt it into what ultimately ends up being an album you track yes yeah, so it's like an amalgamation of everyone's experiences and you can all resonate with it everyone's yeah, exactly. taste why it turns out yes yeah, how it turns out and the good thing is, is we're we're a lot more open in our uh, songwriting process these days. To um, if someone makes a suggestion, even if you know eighty percent of the band don't agree that it's going to sound good, we'll still try it because you know you, you never know. You might not take that whim on that one thing just working in a song, and it turns out that it could change the song and actually make it better. So we always give yeah. everything a go and open to everyone's ideas. An openness that did not exist between twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen. There was a lot. A lot of negative debate. But at least you are where you are now. I feel like you, everyone in the band now is maybe similar-minded. You all can see where it's going to go. And we're all on the same page now. Yeah. Which is a nice, it's a nice feeling and it's a relief in a lot of ways because it can get stressful at times, especially when you've got external factors influencing it. What would you say is like your favourite single and why? Like, What single are you most proud of? For me, it'll always be found you out. This song got. This was a song that was played on uh, this morning and introduced by Holly and Phil, wasn't it? It was used for a fashion section as well. So the how far the song got is by by the by. I just think it's it's one of those songs that I never get bored of playing live. It always gets the crowd involved, and um, from the bass line in the chorus, the chorus itself, the melodies in the guitars and everything, it just works really well. And yeah, for me, I I just about always be my favourite. And you always see him at rehearsals behind his pots and pans. Every time the chorus comes in, you see his little mouth go singing the chorus. And he can't sing a, a note in tune, so God knows how <laughs> yeah. it sounds. I'm proud, of, I'm proud of all the singles. We go through different phases. We're on phase, I was saying to Dan the other day, um, we're on kind of phase four Albany at the minute, which is like, you know, the music going in a certain direction. Um, yeah. But my, for me personally... My favourite song, not necessarily, it wasn't a single, but my favourite song is the first one I wrote, was A Little Hope. 
It's ages old. It's always in the last, it's always in the set, but it's the first song I ever wrote. And it's kind of the one I'm most proud of. But single-wise, yeah, found you out strong. And this last one, Need No Longer. It's unreal. Have you have really? What do you think is the most memorable moment for you as or for you both as like um, a band? For me, this is uh, oh, I I used to love it when we used to do our home gig and our first guitarist had a flat in Lincoln, and the after parties we used to have, they were fantastic. Again, that, stories that, that we can't disclose on here. <laughs> I mean. I think as long as you um, refrain from being overt with them. <laughs> um, well, yeah. You, you, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, but, but what's the saying about, uh, you know, I'm going to sort of pop up, you know, the old anecdote of uh, sex, drugs and rock and roll, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that was an Albany after party, weren't it? <laughs> mm. Mike, what was the question again? Sorry. Um, what was the most memorable moment for you as a band? Yeah, okay. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pretty... Uh, the, 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 uh, for me, personally, one of the biggest achievements that I think we've, we've, we've kind of got to is playing Camden Rocks. Yeah. yeah we played it twice. Good. We've played it two years in a row, and it's a big festival. It's great, and it's a great, and we the venue that we get always manages to pack out clearly because of us, yeah. the, you know. And they and then they stick around out, of, you know, courtesy to watch the rest of the bands. You know what I mean? But no, the venue that we play in uh, Camden Rocks is great. The fact we've played there twice in a row, it's a, it's a big achievement, especially for you know an unsigned band like us. Soaked in history as well. I mean, why is it? Amy Winehouse is uh, like a, a regular boozer, isn't it? Essentially. So, yeah, it's a good mixer. It's where Amy Winehouse constantly used to go. Uh, yeah. um, it's seen the likes of Liam Gallagher in there, you know, um, Pete Doherty, Libertine. Yeah. yeah. So it's got a history to it. And I think it, it's in a weird way, you kind of channel that history a little bit when you play mm-hmm. these kind of venues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good atmosphere. Yeah. I love it. What kind of bands would you liken yourselves to? Like, what bands would you say you sound similar to or have inspired you? Now, I genuinely couldn't put a, a real finger on what we sound like because I think mm-hmm. we've, we've touched on it already. The, the, the six years that we've been kind of together, we've gone through several different phases and move through different directions kind of thing. I think, it's, I think it's important for any band or any artist to keep changing, especially if they're unsigned and they're, they're trying to establish themselves. You've got to find out what works for you. And yeah. I think if you play a certain kind of music and you know you, you have a good run with that kind of music, you've then got to kind of switch up a bit and do something a bit different. I think you owe it to yourselves and to your fans because otherwise you're just repeating what you've already done. Do you know what I mean, I mean the, the, the same as like with the Arctic. Any, any band goes through that evolution anyway. I mean, you look at the Arctic Monkeys when they released their first album, as to Tranquility Base Hotel. Uh, you know, that was a completely different sound for the Arctic Monkeys. So even even established and signed bands go through that phase. But um, I, I, I think if we were to say not who we are, but 
because I mean my backgrounds I used to listen to I mean back back at when I was at uni I had long multicolored hair I was a big scene kid I listened to stuff <laughs> like my chemical romance and things like that and that that, that was my background you know yeah. uh, Chris he's into dance music drum and EDM drum and bass Billy's into metal Matt's into obviously the British indie scene and things like that so you know we've got such a plethora of influences but if we would say who who would like our music then you know if you like British indie you like bands like Sabian you know, Kooks, Arctic Monkeys, Oasis, you know, you've got a bit of the, that nostalgia vibe in your event. You know, that's where the right band for you on that sense. And I think at the minute we are touching a little bit on the whole, I'd like to say the Smiths vibe, like Johnny Marr vibe. Mm-hmm. We've, got a lot of dyna- we've got a lot of dynamics going on at the minute, a lot of stop and start type thing, um, a lot of echo, a lot of effect kind of thing. And Johnny Marr's probably my hero. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I like to think we've got a bit of the right. I mean, Dan Dan wrote the um, the little um, biography, and he and he quotes that we've kind of got the right, just the right, but just the right amount of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I agree with it. We've got we've got like the, the whole nostalgic element, but we're bringing it into twenty twenty one and making it, you know, more of a commercial thing. So like your it's like a new take on nostalgia, almost. I think so. Yeah, like a modernized one. Yeah. Well, yeah. everything goes around in circles anyway, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, Blossoms, for instance, they, they've kind of brought the whole 80s vibe back. And like the whole the whole indie scene at the minute is kind of maybe at the tail end now, but it's, you know, the kind of 80s vibe. So the Smiths and Johnny Marr would be the right kind yeah. of thing to resurrect, if you were to try and resurrect it. And I, got, I think we've got elements of that in it. But if you were to kind of put one f- on a finger on what we actually sounded like, I mean, there's a few few people you could say but it's Albany it's us yeah Yeah. like and I feel like your experiences and your eclectic taste and then all like everything you've been doing like the new additions to the band to sort of like that's what has made you unique and like that's what makes you sound like familiar in like a comforting sense but also so different so it's refreshing yeah so the people the, the the fans that we've got we will always we will always pride ourselves on the big chorus. For me, is for me, I always say, write a chorus, and then everything else will fit around that. Do you know what I mean? So with mm-hmm. us, the, our fans will always get the big chorus. But like you've like you've said with the new edition, Billy, <laughs> kind of gone off in a new direction now. Yeah. So it's gone off in a you know, we're, and we're all on the same page. So it's yeah, it just works now. It's good, and it's fresh. It's new. Mm-hmm. might be running out of time so I've just got one question do you guys do either of you have any hidden talents that you could share or any jokes that you could share with me if I wasn't great at being a front man and great at being a water technician I'd probably be a chef because I like to think I, I'm pretty good at cooking so that would what's be your... what that would be the kind of avenue I'd go down if I didn't do this what's your go-to meal I like a good bit of salmon on crude mm-hmm. beef wellington I've never made it I know how to. I just—it just costs too much money. Like you've got, you've got to buy the whole fillet, mm-hmm. and that in itself costs about five grand. So I've never got around <laughs> to making it. Um, but yeah, you'd need quite a big party of people for that as well. Maybe for like an Albany after party. No one would chip in. Me and Dan, me <laughs> yeah. and Dan, me and Dan would have to pay half of it because the other two would say no on your bike. <laughs> but yeah, any, anything with salmon. I'm having steak tonight. Mm. Delicious. 
Rosemary, <laughs> rosemary and garlic. I'm going to baste it with butter. Mm. It'd be great. Anyway, done. Go on. I'm going on. Oh, bloody hell. Uh, yeah, mine's just a party trick. Twist my hand the whole way round. There you go. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the readers or listeners won't be able to see that, but I'd, I'd love... I mean, I think I'd like to. Can you show me? Here we uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how I can do it since breaking my arm, but... Are you double joints? Oh, yeah, don't hurt yourself. Oh, my God. Go. <laughs> it's like a whisk. How? How? Yeah, I'm like a chef aide. I can like a whisker. <laughs> yeah, know, you could be his, his sous chef if the band like fails. But maybe that's you like the drums, a lot of other, you, know? you like a lot of other things. I'm not going to say here, Jesus. <laughs> like that's like an alien. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Dan's, Dan, Dan's, re- Dan's recently bought a gun. He's he's uh, you know he's he's not he's kind of what's the word? He's playing himself down. He's recently got a gun and he likes to clay pigeons shoot now, don't you? Okay. Oh, yeah, that's only because I live out in the, the, the Lincolnshire countryside where it's all about outdoor pursuits, that's all. We're wearing <laughs> tweed jackets. <laughs> <laughs> My podcasts always end the same way. It's always me being like, oh, I don't know how to end this. I need to come up with an outro and do it properly. But for now, it's just me being really awkward. So I think I'm going to just stop the recording and then we can have a, a little chat. Um, yeah. If you guys need to go, we can... Go. Well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about this. It's probably one of the least awkward interviews we've ever had. So don't put yourself yeah. under pressure. It's been great. I, I oh, thank it. you. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to come up with an ending. Just do what you do. Just, just end the recording. <laughs> just end it. Yeah, just press end, and then we'll carry on chatting. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't be as bad as our bass player in interviews. We're one of the first interviews we ever did for BBC Radio Link, and he was asked if he liked if we liked football, uh, and the bass player just went up to Mike and went. Straight down. <laughs> so, I mean, that's yeah. a response. It's a. Yeah, it's. it's I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> How did the interviewer respond? He didn't. He just uh, literally deadpan with his. He had a deadpan face, thinking, "Okay, oh. right." So next question. This is how it's going to go. We're, and we were all sat there. We were all sat there. Um, a little bit awkward, so I've I've banned him from any interviews now. So it's probably another reason as to why he's not here tonight. Yeah, he's been banished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 